God has an end game, but so does Satan. We'll talk about that next here on Times of Refreshing. God's end game is pretty simple. He lays it out there in the book of Revelation. But Satan has an end game as well, and that is what we'll look at today, betrayal, Satan's end time strategy. We begin here in Mark chapter 13, verses 1 through 13. It's there that we catch up with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, our pastor here at the Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. Join us as we focus in on Satan's playbook, giving us the upper hand as to how to best avoid it all. Here's Pastor Napoleon with Betrayal, Satan's End Time Strategy. Mark chapter 13. Let's go to Mark chapter 13 first. Mark chapter 13. And we're going to look at verses 3 on down to 13. Jesus is here and he's given us insight into some of the things that we're going to that the world is going to experience and Christians are going to experience during the end times. And obviously, one of the things that makes this book so profound is the prophetic element and aspect that, that, that it accompanies this, this book. When you look at the Bible, it is amazing how many fulfilled prophecies have have been released and fulfilled and obviously I mean things are still unfolding but it's amazing how many fulfilled prophecies have been released through this book and it makes the it makes this book different than any other book that God tells you beforehand things that are going to happen and then they happen and it's amazing whether it's concerning Jesus whether it's concerning Israel whether it's concerning the nations whether it's concerning the gospel, things that have been predicted prophetically have come to pass and they will continue to come to pass because how many believe the word of God is true? And so Jesus is talking about the signs of the, of the ends of this age and we pick this up in verse three. It says, now as he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, and John, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, tell us, When will these things be? And what will be the sign when all these things will be fulfilled? And Jesus answered them, began to say, take heed that no one deceives you. Look at your neighbor and tell him, take heed that no one deceives you. Deception is one of the enemy schemes. Something that he he releases continually against humanity. It's one of his modes of operation he wants to deceive you jesus says take heed that no one deceives you for many will come in my name saying i am he and will deceive many but when you hear of wars and rumors of wars do not be troubled for such things must happen but the end is not yet so when we hear of wars and rumors of wars he tells us not to be troubled he doesn't tell us to be afraid to be anxious to be scared to be petrified. He says, don't be troubled. He says, this is not the end. The end is not yet. He says in verse 8, for nation will rise against nation 
and kingdom against kingdom. And, th- and there will be earthquakes in various places and there will be famines and, tr- and troubles. These are the beginnings of sorrow. But watch out for yourselves for they will deliver you up to councils and you will be beaten in the synagogues. You will be brought before rulers and kings for my sake for, for a testimony against them. He says, and the gospel must first be preached to all the nations. But when they arrest you and deliver you, do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak. But whatever is given you in that hour, speak that. For it is not you who speaks, but the Holy Spirit. This is the verse, though, I wanted to get to, saints. He says, now brother will betray brother to death. And a father his child. And children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated for all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end shall be what, y'all? He says, now brother will betray. So I looked at this and we see this in the book of Luke. We see this same account in the book of John. Book of Matthew. Betrayal is one of the enemy's end time strategies. And for us as saints, we have to be very, very cautious and mindful of this. The enemy wants you to betray people. He wants you to betray people that are close to you, people that love you, people that are on your side, that are on your team. He wants you to betray, to betray them. And so b- betrayal is a deadly weapon of the enemy. And we have to be mindful of this. To betray someone, it means to deliver over with evil intent to the power or authority of others as to magistrates for trial or condemnation to deliver over with evil intent to the power or authority of another as to magistrates for trial or condemnation. Now look at this. It means to permit or give access to, to permit or give access to. And the key is, this happens obviously through the devil's influence, but the devil oftentimes will use people. He wants you to permit or give access a gateway of entry for him to come into somebody's life, the devil does, So he can get into somebody's life or to attack them, to seize them, to grab a hold of them. And so betrayal is deadly because you're basically turning somebody over to something or to someone and giving them access or permission to have their way in that person's life. For us as individuals, we can't do that to each other. We have to make sure that we, and we'll get into this that we're defenders of one another instead of giving the enemy access to one another. And so Jesus, he says that they would betray one another and he says that fathers, mothers, the kids would turn, that everybody just starts turning on each other. And this is, this is the devil's strategy. Why? Because this is the same thing that he did to God. He turned, him, he turned on God. And he uses this same tactic 
to get us to turn on God, to turn on each other, to turn on people we love, to turn. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't address issues and we have problems with people and we have to go through the process of restoration and get things right and do all those things. All those things are important and we're going to see them in the scripture. But when we as people do not understand that it's the devil's strategy for you to turn on your kids, to turn on your parents, to turn on your church, to turn on people that love you. That's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to give him access to, have, to attack them, to do things in their lives. And let me say this as, as a parent. You know, as a parent, one of the things that you never want to do is be a point of entry for the devil to have access to your kids. Can I have an amen? You are betraying your kids if you don't have something in place that is designed to protect them from things that can harm them. It doesn't matter what they want. You're the one that's wise enough to know what they need. And so you don't want to open up any doors. Look at your neighbor and tell them, don't you open any doors. You don't want to open up any doors that would give the enemy access or permission to come into your home and start to attack your children. We got to make sure that we do that. That when I look at my kids, I love my kids. My kids know I don't play around. I don't let stuff into my house. Now, if they want to leave my house and go do their own thing, that's between them and God. I, I've, I've done my part to help you to be in a position where you know the difference between right and wrong. Can I have an amen? Now, what you do with that is fine. And in, and, but in my house, in my house, the one that I, I bled for and got beat up for and ran up against big, ugly, mean guys for, and the one that I, that I still am, am preaching to, to maintain and making sure that I take care of my family. The one that I bought. We got to make sure that there's peace there and that we make sure that we, that we create an atmosphere and a climate that helps to protect those that are living under our roof. Don't just let anything in your house. You don't let anything, you don't permit, you don't give the enemy access. You don't betray those that God has placed under your watch care as parents. And you may, well, I got needs, I got, no, 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 no. I, if, if you, listen, let me say this. Can I, can, I, can I go a little deeper? If you're single in this church and you have kids and you're raising those kids by the grace of God you're single but you desire to be married whether you're male or female you make sure that before you start introducing this perspective candidate to your kids that they understand that um, this isn't an open and door. This isn't an open and closed door here. You're not just going to come in and out of here, and my kids are not going to meet every boyfriend I like or every girlfriend I want. 
My kids, you got to make up in your mind that you're not just, my, you're, you don't want your kids thinking that you just got a revolving door. Can I preach it this morning? You want to get, when you bring somebody in to meet your kids, they need to know that, hey, listen, this is, this is serious. Now you can talk to my kids. Can I have an amen now? Now you can. Because what happens is, saints, you have to protect what God has entrusted to you. Can't just let anything and everyone in and out of your life because at the end of the day, you can betray the trust of your kids. You can betray the trust of God who put them into your hands. So I'm just going to leave that there for somebody that might need it at this moment. Now, so for all of us, we want to make sure that we're sensitive about this, that we don't give the enemy access into another person's life because we betrayed that person's trust and we allow them in. Jesus says that this is one of the end time strategies. He says it's what's going to happen. He says that the father is going to turn against the children, children against the father. He's going to, he said there's wars, there's going to be issues, there's going to be problems. They're going to deliver you over, people that you trusted in. And this is the culture that is being established now. People don't have any loyalty towards anyone. Now, I'm not saying that we should ever have loyalty at the expense of truth. We never have loyalty at the expense of truth. If something's wrong, it's wrong. But there is a place in the body of Christ for loyalty. That man, I love you. I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to be cons- I'm going to be consistent with you and I want you to be consistent with me that we can develop a trust and God can do what he's trying to do in our lives. And that's one of the biggest problems that we have. People people's loyalty is tied to how much money a person can bring into their lives. If people can buy your loyalty, they own you. Can I have an amen, y'all? Let's look at this. Let's go to Mark chapter 14, verse, verse 10. And we're going to see a picture of this. Because Jesus, in his ministry, he dealt with this. It says here in verse 10. Chapter 14 of Mark. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest to betray him to them. Look at verse 11. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. So he sought how he might conveniently betray him. He looked for that word conveniently in their Greek. It means to, he looks for the, the, the perfect opportunity. So here Jesus is, and he takes this man out of obscurity, Judas Iscariot. He has some self-seeking and desire for money and things in his heart. The Bible says in John chapter 13, verse 2, that Satan had put it in Judas's heart to betray him. It actually says that, that the devil put it in Judas's heart. He made a suggestion to Judas. Judas embraced the suggestion. Then the suggestion gets into Judas's heart. And then Judas starts looking for an opportunity to, 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 to open the door for Jesus to be seized. 
He gave him access. He gave him permission. I'm the door. I'm going to let you guys. When I kiss him, the guy that I kiss, he's the one. Go get him. He comes up with this plan, and you see that, that Satan had put it in his heart to do it. And I believe when we betray one another, when we betray one another, the devil puts it in our heart to do it. When you turn on somebody, it, the devil put that in your heart to do that to that person. And we have to be very, very sensitive about that as the body of Christ. Because we can put a bunch of, uh, you know, Christian lingo behind, you know, why we're doing what we're doing. And we, we start going through this whole process of, of thinking. And that's the danger about betrayal. Betrayal will cause you to think that you're doing something good and doing it for God. It's deception. A person will actually think that they're doing God's service by betraying you. And that's what happened here. And this is what happens in life in general. We find a reason to, to appease our conscience by putting some kind of biblical or, or, or something referenced behind it to make ourselves feel more comfortable. And what happens is this, saints. Initially, a person feels justified because they've justified it in their own heart. But let me tell you this. Guilt is soon to follow. Judas turned over Jesus, and then the next thing you know, he was so riddled with guilt and overcome with his guilt that he went and he hung himself. Because he knew in his heart, man, this man wasn't wrong. He was a just man. He was being driven by his own greed and lust. And we have to watch that. Saints, watch it on your job. You know, they, I can do that job better than him. You know, they should have hired me anyway. Look at me. Don't I deserve the job? But they gave it to they gave it to Jim Bob over here. And I don't know why him and Jim Bob, Jim Bob, they got the little deal going on. I don't know what's going on. But, you know, I know some things about Jim Bob. That's a new name for y'all. <laughs> I know some things about Jim Bob and I'm, gonna, you know, I'm gonna get the message out. You know, the corporation needs to know that Jim Bob's not all that he cra- he's cracked up to be. And so I'm going to go over there and, you know, let them know that I, I seen Jim Bob's do some things that weren't ethical. They weren't right. You know, and maybe if, if I can expose Jim Bob that maybe they'll understand that I was the choice they should have made anyway. Isn't that sad, y'all? That's what happens, though. That's what happens. We sell, we sell people out. We just, and then we do it. We think that. But then if you climb the ladder by deception, you got to keep yourself on top of the ladder by deception. God's not keeping you up. Now you got to keep yourself up by deception. And it becomes a hard life when, when, you've, when you know that you've, you've permitted access to, you've turned somebody over to, and you betrayed somebody. And then the next you know, Judas is sitting here, saints, and he's looking at Jesus. And then it all starts coming to him. And then he just can't take it. The guilt overtakes him because he knows he was wrong. And the devil sits back because he says he put, this devil knows that he put it in his heart. The devil sits back and he doesn't need Judas anymore. 
So he doesn't mind if Judas dies. He wants Judas to die because I used him and I got him out of the way. Now let me find somebody else that I can, that I can use. This is how the devil thinks and how he operates in our lives. We have to be able to see it and make sure we never allow the devil to put something in our hearts that will cause us to betray someone else. We have to be sensitive. Judas, in this moment, this is what he did. And he, look at verse 11, and when they had heard it, they were glad, and they promised to give him money. So he sought how he might conveniently betray him. He seeks out an opportunity to do it. And just imagine this, saints. Jesus, he's there with Jesus, and he knows that he has this in his heart. And obviously, Jesus told him he knows who's going to betray him. But he's sitting there with Jesus, and he's walking with Jesus, talking with Jesus, listening to Jesus. And he's going through all this process when in his heart, he's just seeking out an opportunity to turn this person over to the magistrates. How evil is that? It's amazing how people come to church. And they lie, oh yeah, that person, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They preach, they could preach, they could preach. And they just, and people, but in their heart, they, they have stuff, you know. Yeah, he, he not all that. They not all that. And they got, and they're just looking for, and then when a person does stumble a little bit, oh, see, I told you, I told you, I told you, I told y'all, I told y'all, you know. But, hey, let's lift our hands and praise the Lord, though. But God, but listen, saints, but God is watching all that. He's not, he's not blind to anything. He knows all of our motivations. He knows everything that's driving us and motivating us. He hears all the conversations. He knows everything that's going on. And he knows that this is an end time strategy of the enemy that he is going to use. And we are supposed to know this so we don't allow the enemy to get a hold of our hearts. Can I have an amen? And so now that we see this picture, Jesus said that it was going to happen to the saints. He said he gave us a picture of how it happens to, to, to how it happened to him. Now, how do we overcome this? Let's go first. Let's go to uh, Ephesians chapter four. Let's look at Ephesians chapter four. We're going to look at verses one on down to six. It says here in Ephesians chapter four, verse one, he says, I, therefore, the apostle Paul Addressing the church of Ephesus, he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy, worthy of the calling with which you were calling, called, excuse me, were, were which, with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with longsuffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of what? There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. He says, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, verse 1, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. With all lowliness and gentleness. With long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, 
endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit, he says, in the bond of peace. This, this right here, these verses are very, very important for anyone that's going to be a part of a local church. This is important for your family. It's important for all of us. We are all baptized by one Spirit into one body. Somebody say one body. So we are the body of Christ. A production of the Well Christian Community, this has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. Now, there are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925 925- Two nine two seventy eight hundred. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community, twenty three thirty three Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California. The zip code nine four five five one. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding.